Channel 33 is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and our favorite way to buy and sell tickets to sporting events, concerts, and whatever else you want to go to. With the SeatGeek mobile app, you can quickly and easily buy tickets with just two taps and have your tickets delivered straight to your phone to enter the event. And if you can't make it to the event, SeatGeek now lets you transfer tickets to your friends or post your tickets for sale all from your phone. As a special offer to Channel 33 listeners, SeatGeek is giving $20 back off your first purchase with the code BSPN. To get $20 back on your first SeatGeek purchase, download the SeatGeek app today and enter promo code BSPN. I need support staff to clear the room. Stand up and walk now. Hello and welcome to The Watch on the Channel 33 podcast feed. My name is Chris Ryan and joining me in my office, he just got back from a Romanian bare knuckle boxing fight. It's Andy Greenwald! Feels good in here. It's cozy, though. Stuffy. We're up here in the new podcast studio, Podcast Studio B. I'm christening it. My name is Chris. This is Andy. You are listening to The Watch. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Just look for Channel 33. What's up? It kind of feels like the (laughs) diner scene in Heat right now. We're just staring at each other in a small room. Yeah. I don't remember if in the diner scene there were two other dudes sitting really, really close to De Niro. And yeah, Pacino. I don't think they were drinking La Croix in the diner scene either. If you know no, what I'm but saying. If they should have because it is. They're not. They don't sponsor us, but it's very refreshing. Um, Andy, we are uh, coming to you live from Los Angeles on a Tuesday night, but we're going to be speaking a little bit about mm-hmm. the second episode of The People versus O.J. Simpson. We're also going to talk a little bit about Beyonce's formation, mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. a little bit of Billions, maybe. And we're going to talk a little bit about Kanye West's interesting day on Twitter. Mm. But first, we have to go in or out. We have to start with the man who started it all, Jason Bornback. This is a very exciting day for us. Can we do a little backstory? Can we talk a little history here? Yes, we like Jason Bourne movies. We really like Jason Bourne movies. I said to someone the other day, when was the last time you watched The Bourne Legacy? And they looked at me like I just said, when's the last time you slapped your mother? Like I was like, you don't understand. Yeah. That everything born and, is good, and we're here for born expanded universe. I was I was yeah. really into the adventures of Aaron Cross. You know that I would love to have at least a web series about Joan Allen after hours, like when Pam Landy <laughs> yeah. leaves the office. What's the Adams Mark bar scene like for Pam Landy? Is she a Pinot Grigio gal? Yeah. Does she like the shards? Or more like Archie Punjabi and uh, Juliana Margulies, just straight tequila. But uh, I see. I, is, what is that? Is that a good wife reference? Yes. I don't like to make good wife references. It's not something I'm into. So okay, backstory here. We love these movies. We were totally down with uh, with Renner, Aaron Cross. But yeah. We always held out hope. So we okay. always held out hope that that Damon would come back, that Greengrass would come back. And in the trailer, thirty seconds in the Super Bowl, there's a moment. There's not much dialogue. A lot of action. A lot of punches thrown. But someone says, "Why would he come back now?" And I think the answer to that is his behavior on Project Greenlight. Yeah, well, I mean, I <laughs> and and the box office performance of Elysium. I think that's why he came back now. So the last the last Bourne film that that Matt Damon was in was The Bourne Ultimatum in two thousand and seven. So it's almost ten years. We right? saw that together in a movie theater in the East Village. And it's fantastic. And when the Bourne uh, when the Bourne Identity came out in two thousand and two, uh, it almost single handedly revived made Matt Damon an international. It box completely office changed the perception of of Damon. And it was like a completely fresh exhilarating take on like the international assassin story and kind of of action movies because yeah, it was yeah. here's the thing people think about it as like the green grasses movies because mm-hmm. they love supremacy and ultimatum they were raved about i still ride for the first one i love all of the, them, du- the doug Lyman but vision. i think doug lyman's yeah. born identity is secretly the best movie of all of them um partly because of its the the its tone just like how it was so refreshing that it was such an international movie 
It was exciting. The characters were interesting. He fought with magazines. Clive Owen is just hanging out in a field. I know, the magazine, the, was it, it, magazines or phone books? Oh, magazines. But it's right. also worth amazing. saying how unlikely all this is because Matt Damon was not an action star. No. Um, Doug Lyman, like, it was a troubled production, right? Like, yeah. he shot just enormous amounts of film all over the world. The script was being constantly re- reworked by our man Tony Gilroy, who Can was I just, not like, involved. As a side thing, isn't it amazing how every five years Doug Lyman makes a movie and each one of them is just like plagued with like, and Doug Lyman shot more yeah. f- film than there is o- water budget in the ocean. disasters. Yeah, and, and they're always, with the exception of a few, like with the exception of a few movies, Doug Lyman doesn't make bad movies. <laughs> with the exception of the few bad movies he's made, looking at you, Jumper. Yeah, uh, he doesn't like, make bad go? movies. Dope movie. Yeah. Swingers, right? He directed that? Dope movie. Yeah. He directed... Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith was Mrs. a big Mrs. one for Smith, him. Mr. Smith, which I enjoyed in the theater. Sure. I don't remember if it's played well since then. And then he did... Well, I can't remember. It's Edge of Tomorrow, but it's also got four other names, right? Well, that's right. He did... Yeah. Uh, that's what it was well, released Edge of Tomorrow under. was one we of our favorite movie. movies we, from 2014. Didn't he it? also make the Valerie Plame movie? Yeah. Yeah, with Sean Penn and... That's old, fine. Old Naomi. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. Okay, we're off track here. Yeah, yeah. Born's back. We have high expectations and for this. Is back telling me. So, like, initially, Matt Damon said he's never going to make another Mord movie without Paul Greengrass. Right. And Paul Greengrass is like, I have other stories I want to tell. He had been working on a civil rights project about Memphis mm-hmm. um, that I don't know if ever came together or if he was still going to make that. But he was, obviously, he was working on dealing with a horrible palsy in his camera hand. <laughs> to try and finally address that. Yes. And after making Captain Phillips, now he has come back to this world. And here is where I do the least, littlest, most minimally required amount of hedging about yeah, this movie. I know where you're going and I, I share it with this you. This movie looks like uh, Fight Club meets Fast and the Furious. So are you saying that is a good thing or a bad thing? Well, in my mind, that's a good thing. But there is a very special thing that that yes. trilogy of movies did. Right. And that was kind of why Matt Damon was like, I don't really know what else we do with this character. I don't know what Ludlum does with it because, you know, my Ludlums are on my old Kindle. But um, I just, they, it looks like that there is a little bit of Jason Bourne's back because it really was financially sensible for us to do that. That's you know, the concern yeah. because they even you, dug my man Tommy Lee out of out of the box. If, man. You, if you think Julia Stiles, it's just waiting by the phone, waiting by the phone for, <laughs> for that for that jump off again. If you think about how specific the story was, did it get through a full ring when they called Styles? No, no, they picked it up before it even started ringing on the person. Who, they're like, "Oh, is this? Did we connect?" They're like, "It actually goes to an answering service, and it's like, if it comes from Universal, it's like, yeah. you've reached Julia Styles. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I'm in." Julia actually didn't hang up the phone. I actually like Julia Styles a lot. Not, I don't know her personally, but I love Julia Styles. Yeah. She should pro Styles. We need more. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, the story was so specific about the mystery of this guy that think about the the needle threading that they did to even make it a trilogy. Yeah. They had to continually retcon more backstory, most of which involved Albert Finney. And the third movie basically took place in between the last scenes of the second movie. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Like, And one of the reasons these movies worked. And, right, where he shows up in Russia, right? Well, no, in Pam Landy's office. Right. My that's girl. Right. That's right. But you think about um, you need Damon to make these movies, apparently. You need Greengrass. There's someone, there's, a, there's an ingredient missing from the gumbo. Yeah. And that's Tony Gilroy. Uh, I thought you were going to say that's Carl Urban. Well, he makes a delicious <laughs> Remember stew. the scene, uh, I think it's in this, this. First of all, I'm going to say yes. Like Julie Stiles, I do remember it. When the homies go find Carl Urban in the Russian vodka bar yeah. in the middle of the day. And he's yeah. like, oh, I'm on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, well, you got to go kill this guy. And he's like, fine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Um. But but Tony Gilroy, yes. who is a brilliant screenwriter and director. And wrote Born Legacy. 
he wrote uh well he wrote and directed born legacy he was the credited writer on all three of the other movies and there was some like disputes about like matt damon not so subtly was like you know the extent to which tony gilroy like crafted those movies is to the extent that they made it up as they went along yeah is also exactly the vibe that we got and so then they gave him the franchise with legacy and then they i guess they weren't happy with it or whatever but he's not involved in this and so I don't know if that's good or bad because we don't know how much he contributed. But I do think that some of the elegance of those movies. Sure. We should take into context that uh, this was aired. This The teaser okay. ad that Let's we're kind of basing that. all of this off of was aired during the Super Bowl. So obviously the fact that most of it is comprised of cars running over other cars, dudes, Vincent Cassell shooting a machine gun and Matt Damon really hitting guys. Hitting guys super hard. Super hard. Like Wolverine Berserker hard. Yeah. Is... Is like I think telling it's a bit more about the context. They were, they were like, let's make match, maximum impact in thirty seconds. Right. I feel like the middle of the Super Bowl is not the time to show the ad. That is just someone drinking day drinking in a vodka bar, being like, I've made so many mistakes with <laughs> yeah, my life. Not, like jerky camera work while Matt and Matt Damon's like austerity measures if, yeah. and Snowden. Yeah, exactly. The <laughs> world, what, which is of, what he said this movie's about. Yeah, and that's yeah. not really clear from the trailer, yeah. I would say. But the born Greek austerity. I'm just. The born austerity. What else could they have called it? Like they, they, they that's still the last cont- part that only the only thing that and you know Sean actually who we work with and he always you know has like a the right thing to say about these things. He has a dart. He was like, look, man, you can't have Jason Bourne be like, I know who I am now. The whole point of Jason Bourne is he doesn't know who he is. Yeah, I mean, I think there. What were their other? They could have done the like the sort of prequel, Born Yesterday. They could have done that. They could have done. I, I mean, I know I'm just mostly hung up on the puns now. Yeah. Like, what else could they have done? What's the um. I'm, I'm born, no matter born, born free. They could have called. <laughs> they it. could have called it born. Oh, free. that would have been good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the, the, I guess the idea born is born to by, run. But oh, that's what the first one should have been called. How are they not done born to run? Because they're probably not like quirky pun writers. No, because when you can <laughs> listen, when you can name a blockbuster the Born Supremacy, <laughs> which literally means nothing. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, you I, ever, did you ever pick up a born book? Do you have your Ludlums I, on I your actually, nook? I'm, I'm unfamiliar. With I, this I picked more. up one of them once, and it was just like. Jason Bourne going to a carnival in Kansas. It's oh like, yeah, that's not like because that's when he knows who he and he goes to his he family. Goes back because they they mentioned that briefly in one of them. Where I think, it's but like, they generally just scrapped it. Yeah, the whole backstory. Yeah. Look, we we here on the watch, all four of us in this room, those of us with microphones and those of us without. I think support smart popcorn movies. We yes. want we want non stupid action films, and I just hope this is generally the one that we root for this is the one that is good this is and it's a great franchise I, i'm sure it's gonna be good and either way i can't wait for the sequel to this movie mm-hmm. which will be matt damon mm-hmm. fighting jeremy renner while edward norton plays ashley schaefer from eastbound and down and just goes let the boy watch i He's would like, like that <laughs> but i thought the sequel to this would be matt damon fighting off julia styles agents as they're like please make another one please make another one okay so we're obviously not on jason Bourne. couldn't be more um, let's talk a little bit about the actual major news that came out of culture this weekend, which was Beyonce releasing a surprise single, although and video. if you kind of read the tea leaves, it wasn't that much of a surprise since she was going to be playing the Super Bowl. Right. Uh, and it's been a minute since Beyonce blessed us. But like Formation came out on Saturday with a video. Um, and I think we, I, I don't mean to speak for you and you can speak for yourself, but I, this is one of the few times in like life when something, like few times in pop culture when something actually matches the hype. Yes. And you kind of feel the full power of pop music to be a transformative, uh, electrifying I, force. Saturday night, I was uh, I was meeting someone in the city, and I heard tell of this this track being released, and I like was freezing cold, just ducked into Chelsea Market 
Oh yeah, where there were some there were some tourists enjoying some 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 espressos. They were they were getting some urban taco experiences like Korean tacos, and there was like an abandoned like I, I think the um, the uh, the Arepa people just cleared out in a hurry. So I just bellied up to that empty bar and watched this video on my phone and got so hyped. Yeah, the German tourists didn't understand. Here was my my the first feeling that I had when I watched this video was. It did the impossible. It made me want to write about pop music again. Yeah. Which was a field we were generally happy to leave behind. When watching this video, watching not only how it stopped time and got everyone talking about it, but seeing just how wild and interesting and brave and smart and uh, provocative it was made me made me a believer again in the power of pop music, the pop song, the pop video, as one of the best uh, vehicles Yeah, for for... All of those adjectives I just said for this much thought, like you can just do things. You can be bold and you can be brash and you can get in everyone's face immediately with a well-timed song and well-timed video. And it's just exciting. And second, the song is a banger. The song is terrific. But the visuals are really, really incredible. Yeah, they're, they are fantastic. It's like this, obviously, a lot of this sort of deeply symbolic imagery of Old South and New South. I mean, there's been a lot of really good writing about it. My takeaways basically were, this kind of reminds me of when, and I don't mean to be histor- like hysterical about it, but it kind of reminds me of when Paranoid Android came out. Mm-hmm. And it's it wasn't out of nowhere, but I don't think anybody was quite ready for that statement to be made by that artist. Yeah. And it that single and then that album kind of rendered all around it not irrelevant, but just kind of like, what are you doing with your career? Yes. Because look what this person's doing with their career. But also I would say this, that like when an artist crosses the Rubicon from star to superstar to just global phenomenon, one of the things that is left behind in addition to, you know, often, um, you know, basic humanity, if we, if we believe ego stories that we hear from like the biggest stars sure. in the world, is engagement with the world, engagement with anything political engagement with anything that is happening on a boots on the ground level of the culture or even of the world and politics and so for someone who is a brand ambassador both of her own and does commercials for pepsi someone Mm -hmm. who's going to appear on the super bowl the next day during which she would dance with the lead singer of coldplay on a giant pepsi logo yeah to make this song that's so aggressively and, and provocatively and i think brilliantly engaged with Black Lives Matter movement mm-hmm. to say, yes, I am the biggest star in the world and I will stop time and everyone will, will get excited about my dance moves. But I'm connecting to blackness in a way that is public, in the way that is honest, in the way that is, you know, some of her fans would be not put off by, but would be challenged by. Yeah, that's the whole thing. And I think that, you know, our, our friend and, and former colleague Wesley Morris wrote that in The Times along with John Caramonica and, and Jenna Wortham. It was a great sort of roundtable they did right after the piece dropped. And that is powerful. Yeah. Outside of the music, I think you can have like a real appreciation for the way that she manages her career. Like I admire the control she has over her message. I admire the the value she places on her own words Mm -hmm. and uh, watching her obviously orchestrate it's like like watching the friggin german soccer team beat brazil to see her be like you're gonna drop the single you're gonna win the super bowl and then you're gonna announce a tour 
And like when you drop the single, there's already merch ready to be bought that is like based on this. You are going to perform a song that is 12 hours old in the public consciousness right. on the biggest stage on and earth. And she didn't even do the stage. She did the field so that she could get all of her dancers who were dressed yeah. like Black Panthers meet Michael Jackson's Super Bowl performance yep. to do it. I, I mean, that's mind blowing. Do you feel that you manage your own brand with that level of precision? Is that what you were well, saying? Well, you, you know, I've been thinking about the way people have been managing their brands today. Yeah. Weirdly. Uh, yeah. And I think that, you know, I, I, there's Beyonce. There's a contrast to, to Kanye There's West. a case to be made for rigid control or a case to be made for anarchic freedom. Right. Um, then, then there's, there's 2013 Amanda Bynes flow. There's also, which we'll get to. There's yeah. also something to be said about um, just, just quietly, I guess not quietly, proudly ethering everyone, including supposed friends and allies. Like basically Rihanna's, you know, Doug from Tidal accidentally releases Rihanna's album. <laughs> And then Beyonce is like, "Oh no, no, no! This is how you do a rollout." Right. She, she basically, um, you know, she 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 Wally pips Coldplay on their biggest moment of their career for a while. And Kanye's record is supposed to come out this week, but Kanye's record is supposed to come out in forty-eight hours. Yes. About. Yeah. And apparently, still working on it. We're coming back to he him. Change the name again. Yes. Oh, we'll get to that. But it was it was impressive. But I do. The only thing that bums me out is I just want people to engage. I wish that it was possible. I know this is like utopian thinking, but I think the song is amazing. But the entire production is really, let's just say it's a rich text. It is worth the hype and attention. And it is not just about, oh, we worship the celebrity. Oh, she's so perfect. She's great. This is really interesting work from someone on that level. All in on formation. All in. Um. We have spent a lot of time over the last couple of weeks getting ready for Swish, uh, getting mm-hmm. ready for Waves. Yeah, I got ready for Waves. I was ready for So Help Me God. Yeah, me too. Um, I was even ready for TLOP. Is that what they were calling it? Is was that, that not, the, is it not that again? What's it stand for? He hasn't we don't know. Okay. I, I heard uh, the laws of physics, the yeah. laws of perfection. I saw somebody tweet today. I can't remember who was just like, I don't know if Kanye... Kanye might have been awake for a month right now. Yeah. Because he's also prepping his uh, fashion line, yeah. uh, which is having a big debut show at Madison Square Garden on Thursday night, where apparently he was, I don't know whether he was going to like pump the record through the speakers or perform the record. Debut it. We have no idea. But debut this album that he's been working on since Jesus, or it's the follow-up to Jesus. And he's been having like some jumpy times on Twitter. And last week, I think we were, we were talking a little we're bit thrilled. about how like, look, man, you want to play with fire. Sometimes you get burned. Kanye is pretty, like, pretty... Volatile. Volatile. And what do you want from your and, celebrities? You know, like he's, he's burning the midnight oil. Yeah, I think so. And the Wiz Khalifa tussle was one thing, and people rightly pointed out that there was like some some really questionable stuff in there about Amber and about the kid. And then the fact that at the end of it, it we should have known when he went on that rant and then realized like KK was not even about yeah. him or his family. Yeah. And he was just like, Oh, my bad. You my know, bad. That I, was I just atom bombed a human family. <laughs> yeah. My bad. So today, I earlier, this is Tuesday, and earlier in the day, I was like, you know what? Kanye's vibe on Twitter has been kind of weird. You it's know, jumpy. Like, it's twitchy. Yeah. The, some real low-res JPEGs. And let's also say, though, <laughs> it's, it's always he's always doing something different. And we, in general, I believe, I, I'll speak for us, I'm into the window into his process. Yeah. Like, he has decided to make this run-up to Yeezy Season both clothing and album, completely transparent. Sure. In a way that I like. I mean, I like the fact that he's like, here's a picture of just some dudes, including Gabe Desorio, just sitting around yeah, a weird the notepad was carpeted cool. room. Kendrick he, and him listening to Mad Lib's beat CDs is great. And then, like, even today, I don't, can I be honest with you? 
I don't really care about the sneakers, but he does. And so seeing how in, when he's screenshotting his intense emails about how the the merch table is not a perfect crystal or cylinder, whatever he was saying, like, th- this is all in keeping with who he is. We're seeing into the window. It's not right. always pretty, but we're seeing stuff and it's fine. And then yeah. he slipped a baby Ruth into the swimming pool. And said, in all caps, Bill Cosby is innocent. In the midst of this long run about, like, look at the model wearing this And Kylie this Jenner is not coat. making a Puma Well, I was, I was pretty relieved about that. Yeah. Um, this is bad. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, like, this is real bad. He shouldn't have done that. I hope he doesn't think that. I hope this is part of some sort of performance art piece that, like, tomorrow morning we're going to wake up and find out that, like, somebody stole Kanye's Twitter login. I'm not going to, you know. I'm not going to, I mean, I don't, I don't want filtered Kanye, but I, I'm, it's, it's indefensible for him to be popping off about something so gross, so overt. And so it just, for him to be so stupid is it's a bummer. Yeah, it's the for flame- those of us who will defend him for just. It's about also anything. the flame touching thing that we were talking about a couple weeks ago, where it's like you want your artists to feel like they have an edge, and then and then it's serrated, you know, and it, it, and it's it's tough to it, nobody. We like this guy more than any musician of our adult lives. So yeah. to have this sucks to have this happen forty eight hours before. Well, an album that we've probably been anticipating more than any other. And comes I think out. this album is going to be amazing. I do. Like, I, I am yeah. so excited by it. As we and it's actually week. kind of like, I, not even t- taking aside, I, I don't even want to take that co- comment out of context, but putting aside what that comment is about, yeah. there was like a real clarity of thought and not humility, but there was a real clarity to the music that he had been releasing. Yes, that's what That well felt like very calm and adult and beautiful. You know, which is not necessarily – he doesn't have to make that music. I'm f- also, like, I think Yeezus is a masterpiece. Like, he can make angry, yeah. um, you know, Hudson Mohawk beats if he wants to um, or have Hudson Mohawk make the beats for him. Uh, but I was loving Real Friends and No More Parties in L.A. Yeah. I thought those songs were incredible. I was looking the, forward to the uh, – Six months ago, we were like, we don't – maybe this is the first time that this artist that we love seems tentative. Like, yeah. he doesn't know what 38-year-old Kanye West at this level of success with these kids – with his myriad focuses, who he is musically. Yeah. Then all of a sudden he figured it and out. It's very... And there's that line on No Parties in L.A. about how people thought the writer's block is over. He's got it. And yeah. it was of a piece. It felt consistent. He was getting that My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy vibe again by like Ubering Andre 3000 in. It was despite it's a gospel what he said, record. Kirk Franklin is your ditty is here. French Montana. I like, want whatever. him saying crazy things yeah. like that. But then don't. It's just a dummy. It's dumb. It's a. You know? It's a literally a bad thing to think. Yeah. Like I don't want to police people's like for freedom of speech, but this sucks that he thinks this. It sucks because we are ready to just lose it over this record. Yeah. And that's what I wish this was about. And weirdly, that's clearly it's what he wishes it was about too. Because then he's like he immediately just kept tweeting other stuff. Right. And well, it's the funny thing is is that the last thing he tweeted. Or, well, there's a lot of stuff, but one of the things he tweeted right after saying Bill Cosby is innocent was a picture. Of a flames emoji that yeah. had been taped inside of his um, his microphone in the booth, booth, right? Yeah, which is very interesting to con- like to compare to to juxtapose with what would Mob Deep do, which is the famous printout he had hanging around yeah. the studio in Hawaii when he made. Which, I don't Fantasy. see that here in your new office, though. By the way, uh, you I, put that I, up we'll, here. we'll rectify that. What would Mob Deep blog? <laughs> the the con the, the juxtaposition of those two things. It's like. I have lost it. I've lost like my touch. It's now it's just flame emoji is like all I'm thinking. It's, it's, I can't it's, even put these things into words it's anymore. It's just hot takes. Yeah. I don't know. I'm out on it. I mean, I'm, I. Who? Okay. Just before we move on. Who's the one who's just like 
let me hold the phone. Let me hold. Let me hold your iPhone. Like, who is the person Nobody. at this point? Nobody can, right? Nobody. That dude I'm, is I'm like, just trying to imagine who who that person is. That dude just got a fashion show at Madison Square Garden on Thursday, and but he's it's like changing a, the name of his like that album is not coming out on Friday. But isn't it possible, like, for quote unquote an album to come out? What does that even mean now? He like could, he can just okay, post but it like on then SoundCloud? he should just be like, I'm not okay. I'm it's not here to backseat drive his career. But why not just like do the do the if you're reading this, it's too late, and just like out of nowhere, drop like a Good Friday mixtape again. He's doing a thousand things, including being a dum dum. Like he's doing yeah. so many things at once. But it, we live in public, man. Yeah. He's really, really out there. And to contrast that with Beyonce's precision rollout is remarkable yeah all right well we're out on that we'll take a quick break and get back into oj our sponsor today is hbo now hbo now is the new way to stream all episodes of hbo series and all of their documentaries sports and specials plus the biggest and latest hit movies before any other streaming service out there and there is no tv package required download the app on your favorite device to start your 30-day free trial instantly that's hbo now get it we're back talking about the people versus oj simpson this has just become not a, I guess, is it a phenomenon? I think people are pretty psyched on it. Yeah. People are pretty into it. Um, we are recording this the night the, the the Bronco Chase episode airs. Yeah. So we can only speculate how excited people are going to be about it. This is obviously one of the most iconic things that has happened in media and sports and t- television news in the last 30 years. Um, and yet, this is like the first time we've seen it dramatize what was going on inside. Yeah. Inside, inside, the the, inside with AC and... and and OJ and I didn't know that that wasn't the bro- that wasn't his car. Like these I didn't details, know that either. This is this is when the show has started to like pay dividends on reasons beyond entertainment. Like I actually didn't know that, and that's true. That AC worshipped him so much that he bought the same car. Yeah, it's crazy. the The level of detail. I think we've talked about this before, but this is a pure procedural, and they've realized this. They've realized that. People really do want to follow along on every step of the way, and they want to right. know like what were other. The brilliance of this episode is the cross cutting from not only Marsha Clark but people watching Rockets Knicks, yeah, to Bob Costas doing the like we're going to do our job, but we all know we're all looking I, at something else. That I, moment when they're like, we have to cut away from the NBA understand. finals. This is what new. This is this is news. Though. Yeah, right. Which is you know. Do you remember that you were watching too? Right, like everyone was watching. I remember watching the the chase. I yeah. don't remember watching the finals. I remember going picture in picture. I remember it switching. Do you? Yeah. Oh man. I mean, I remember it. I, I don't remember. You were real. You were really into NBC back then. I don't. Re- <laughs> no, I don't remember what network it was, and I don't remember which was the big screen. But I remember watching TV with a picture in picture and this happening, and just it's just it was so surreal. And I also had no sense of like Los Angeles geography. Can you imagine if like television innovation had ended at picture in picture? It was picture in picture with <laughs> like no DVR, but it was. just I like... remember <laughs> like just cruising to Circuit City and being like with my dad, and like the big question being like, okay, so you know it's. Uh, let me look at this thing. It's a giant box. It weighs about 79 pounds. Uh, it's curved in a way that makes no sense. Right. But can you put a little picture inside the bigger picture? Sold. And is there a b- button on the remote that if I accidentally sit mm-hmm. on it, I will never find that button and nope. will always have picture in picture yeah. for as long yeah. as I live. And also, what is the hot button on your remote for, for 94, 96? Swap. Because you don't know which one you want in the yeah, big picture. I might picture. want to swap. Might, I might want to. The, the dynamic in the room might change. You know what I mean? Like yeah. maybe you're watching QVC and someone else wants to watch, um, you know, uh, what, what show would have been on then? Empty Nest? Yeah. Swap it. 
Uh, I also would like to refer to the second episode of The People vs. O.J. Simpson as Cuba Gooding Jr.'s Emmy role. For sure. Yeah, uh, he goes for it in a big way. Yeah, did you read the interview that he did with Vulture? Was I did, man. That was interview. fascinating. He is unfiltered. Like, he's ready to talk. Yeah. He's ready to, he's ready to grab the mic again. And I think this episode, I mean, I we talked a little bit about this last week, and we'll see how it plays out in the um, eight weeks still to go. I think he's gotten some criticism for his performance compared to other people's. I feel like this is the episode that showcases the the half of of the, of OJ that he's really figured out. There is this just naked emotional humanity in this episode that is really intense. As we learned from that interview in Vulture, it was really hard for him to do. He, like messed up his vocal cords. I mean, he he is he spends the episode for the most part sobbing with a gun to his head in the yeah. backseat of a car. Um, I think it's a tremendously felt and lived in in emotionally raw real performance. I feel like what it lacked, you know, I think he nailed that half. I still feel like the show struggles because he doesn't have the, just the physical, like, human gladiator superhero gravitas of this guy. Yeah. Um, but who does? Because only certain celebrities the, do. Uh, did, did you know that, that, you know that the first person that they wanted to cast as the Terminator was OJ before they went to Schwarzenegger? I didn't know that. Cameron wanted to do that's, that? That's who they, was. the studio talked about, like, that's that's the guy they wanted. Can you imagine if they had had the footage of him gunning down people? <laughs> no. I mean, the genius of the this episode also aside from the the like just salacious cross-cutting which I thought was excellent was I think that sometimes when you're doing any kind of uh crime crime show, there's a degree to which you have to yada yada your way through certain parts of it. Mm-hmm. And I loved the fact that when Shapiro's supposed to deliver him, oh, it was good. They show every single moment of she's marsh clark calls yeah and she's pissed off and then shapiro's you know he's treading water and then when they come and they're waiting for him on the perp walk outside of the building and they're like he's not coming and, and still being... chris bauer gets on the the old yeah. flip phone you know and they're still extending every courtesy and you see one of the best things about it is the idea of it's not a rig system but it's a system mm-hmm. and the shapiro's relationship with with garcetti being like we, they've known each other for years, they've golfed together, and like you burned me on this one. You know, Greenwood is actually my my secret MVP He's the so far. M- yeah, because he is. he is. I I never would have thought it would be possible for Bruce Greenwood to play kind of a a, a simp. Yeah, you know, and um, the way that he brings the John from Cincinnati, he's soul California like. Yeah. stoicness but then we'll be like ah, I was gonna run for mayor you know like but he's this like is the other brilliance of the show which is it uses the hindsight well like uh, some people have complained about the Kardashian stuff being foregrounded in this but this is a show about a case that riveted the country but it's also about the invention of the current moment I think that in that... a very big way and the idea of people like Garcetti who is a guy who wanted to be in public life who wanted to engage with history being completely blindsided when history runs him over in a white bronco yeah um, he wanted to be mayor you know Spoiler alert, his son is mayor now yeah. of Los Angeles, which is a fascinating wrinkle. Like, every the seeds sown in this crazy event have are certainly harvested now and in a way that's fascinating. I think that the Kardashian kid stuff is a little on the nose, but I think that it goes towards the same thing as cutting away from a basketball game or going picture in picture. That's what we invented. It's because that's the invention of this thing of, like, not only is this grotesque theater, like, Un, you can't look away from it, but there are people who immediately identify the fact that this can be a life, like their life's work. Yeah, and I don't not suggesting that there is some sort of like craven evil inside of the Kardashians or something like that. No, but, <laughs> but, but, but no, but once you are enveloped Exposed to by that, this especially web, at an early age, you are into it. Yeah, and and you know, I think we talked the other day about how um, Ryan Murphy is kind of the. Um, 
you know, he's he's the the, the Antonioni of of Schlock. Like yeah. the way that whoever I'd like to think, you know, we tell stories about how the reason Mad Men was good is because Matthew Weiner was such a control freak that if the ashtray picked out for a certain scene was incorrect thematically or like just clashed, he would, you know, get furious and yeah. he would not shoot the scene until every detail was right. I'd like to think that Ryan Murphy was the same way with the Jonathan Taylor Thomas posters in little Kimmy Kardashian's bedroom. Mm-hmm. The the in the exactly correct level of crappiness and like tweenage feng shui in that room. Yeah. These are the moments that make the also, show Also like the better. restaurants the show is bringing back like the you know, way every, it, it, he is the poet what's the name of the place that Robert of, brings the crappy 90s LA of like yeah. the like the the innate dumpy tackiness of a lot of this city. Yeah. Sorry, I'm, I love it here. The weather's beautiful. <laughs> but these places exist. And to turn your cameras on them instead of away from them. Um, yeah, I can't remember if that's Mr. Chow. Yeah, definitely Mr. Chow's is where Robert Cred- Robert Shapiro is having, is having his, that day. And yeah, the phone is brought phone to call. him. Um, you know, there's so much happens. It's interesting to watch how OJ works, and it made me think a lot about the mechanics of these these shows that are popular right now, or what what shows are popular right now, and and how it relates to Billions. <laughs> nice. Nicely done, Because podcaster. I think I've identified why I like Billions, okay. or why Billions is interesting to me. Uh-huh. Because nothing actually that... I think that they think it's... I think it, it's obviously surface dramatic, but Billions is dramatic because of the dialogue. Yeah. And yeah. It, I will never go out of Billions and be like, did you see what happened on Billions last night? But I will always email someone and be like, did you see what somebody said on Billions did last night? Did you feel that way when Noah Emmerich just smoked that good purple Canadian kush on a private jet en route to a Metallica concert? Like, I would talk about that. <laughs> yes. You don't want to talk about that? You, let's talk about um, it. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we're, we are definitely at a point with the amount of television, the amount yeah. of prestige television, where it's very noticeable, I think, even to the relatively casual fan when something has been pushed completely through the ringer or not or the machine of this is tv and this isn't mm-hmm. and you know to to compliment and, and levine's credit on this show they love dialogue they love language they love characters who talk a certain way you know all we talked about this when we were previewing the show they like a certain kind of performative macho bluster and you sort of unpacking that and letting yeah. it play out the dialogue, you know, in this episode, this fourth episode that aired this past week, like, wasn't credited to them. But, and I forget the name of the guy who wrote it, I, I apologize, but there were there were great chewy chunks of dialogue yeah. that, in a vacuum, reached levels of intensity that, were, that are occasionally preposterous. I mean, in but, three, Giamatti definitely says, like... We have to bring big wampum to yeah. this this horse trading thing. He <laughs> says it, and you can right, and you can laugh at it, and I think they're laughing at it to some degree too. But they are also going for it, sure. And I and the actors are going for it. they're hamming it up. The actors are having a very fine time yeah, it's doing good. it. Um, I I still I'm, I bump up against some things with it. Sure. Um, I don't I don't know if I care, and I don't know if that matters. You know, I, I I'm still not sure about that. I mean, like, are you engaged with the, like, the dramatic interplay of the show? Are you wondering who's going to get who in this game of cat and cat? No. I also right? am anticipating the show going on for seven years. It's going to go on for seven years. There's so no doubt about that. I assume that. that we will be working towards a, can <laughs> a I, deeper understanding of Bobby Axelrod. Can I say my one, my one problem with the episodes is that I actually kind of want to have the second screen experience like some people on Game of Thrones. Oh, you want to do a little picture in picture. You know what? I'd like to swap it out. <laughs> because... There are so many white guys with hair brushed back with big ties 
and prominent necks. Yeah. I cannot tell them apart. I've been disappointed by the amount of takeout that Giamatti did in the second two episodes because I expect him to always be eating mushu pork over a white shirt with no napkin tucked in. And then just like someone on a balcony above him just gently raining down on him. Is that what you want? (laughs) Can we go back to that? Because I missed that in the show. I feel like, listen, when you start with water sports... You better keep me yeah, at the beach. You know what I'm saying? Consistent. Yeah, he's it, not even the sexual deviant of the show. That's true. That's true. There's it's it's a funny time, man. There's something for everyone. Yeah, there's something for everyone. Yeah. So Andy, we're gonna do another pod Thursday yeah. evening. Uh, it might be about Kanye West if he puts a record out, or if hopefully not. Yeah. just responding to his Twitter feed. And if uh, not, we'll just do regular watch reup episode where we recommend some stuff that we like this week. Just talk about more like Carl Urban deep but it's cuts. Time to get back to work, man. Because we're gonna right. have to like we have Sunday night. We have vinyl on gotta, the HBO network. We got to talk about it. We got uh, Better Call Saul coming the following week. We've got uh, Girls and Togetherness. Broad City. Uh, Broad City. It's it's TV go back. time. Yeah. All right. So we'll see you guys Thursday night. Thanks so much. Great job, Baranski. Thanks again to HBO Now for sponsoring today's episode. HBO Now is the new way to stream all of HBO. No TV package required. Get all the series, the movies, the docs, the sports, the specials, and more. Download the app on your favorite device to start your 30-day free trial instantly.